ladies and gentlemen. Furries out there, non-furries out there. I am Maddie Jones alongside my my favorite Finn fanatic out there. We have Zeus Pegasus on the other end. Welcome to the first edition of Furries and Football. Very unique little podcast me and Zeus have been talking about for a little bit as, uh, well, Zeus is one of the few people I can count on one hand in this fandom that follows football just as much as I. Zeus, how are we feeling today? <laughs> the hype here. This is Zeus Pegasus 13 here. Many know me as Zeus, but I am ready to talk some football, my friend. Oh, we, we, we got are, a lot to get to. There's a lot <laughs> to get into. I mean, there's so much to get into. Just to look into what we will discuss here today, we're talking College football top 25, conference realignment, preseason thoughts, our team's hopes, maybe a little bit of Jonathan Taylor, and maybe AFC, NFC playoff predictions. I say we jump right into college football, which is right up my alley. After a fantastic, fantastic previous season, uh, there's a lot of big stuff happening this year. Top 25, of course, just came out, Zeus, with Georgia, of course, taking the number one spot, followed by Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, but the big thing I noticed, I don't know if you saw this, LSU in the top five. Yeah, that's the most surprising pick um, that I've seen, honestly. Up 11 spots from last year. Uh, I think that some of it has to do with kind of like the SEC natural bias there, but we'll see. Um, week one uh, between Florida State and LSU, that's the biggest game of the week. So we're going to see if they're really, you know, up to the task or they're just a bunch of pretenders. See, initially when I was I, – I remember looking at this poll and I remember just thinking – What's LSU doing out there? But then again, they did beat Alabama last year. So to be fair, I can understand them being top five. After that, USC, Penn State, Florida State, Clemson at number nine. That'll be a big one there. Cade Glubnick, of course, taking over as the starting quarterback there at Clemson. So that'll be an intriguing one. One thing I'm looking at here on this top 25, uh, Zeus, I don't know if you saw this. Iowa has entered the top 25. Yeah, yeah, I but I don't know. That's that's a weird spot. Like Iowa, they they can certainly upset teams in the Big Ten Conference. They have a long history of that over the past decade, especially. Um, but I'm not quite sure like what upgrades they have done um, over the over the off season to get to this point. Maybe the uh, people that are running the polls are like, hey, well they're bringing back a lot of people and they're in the Big Ten, so we're gonna give them a shot. We're gonna give them a shot to prove themselves to see if they're still upset-worthy and worthy to be in the top 25 here. If there's one thing with Iowa that I've, I've come found out a lot, just because I've had Iowa uh, Iowa fans in my chats on Twitch, uh, Iowa's got a fantastic defense. If you look, Zeus, they only, the most points they allowed last season was 54, and that was just in one game. So they have a sturdy defense for the most part, and to be fair, that was Ohio State. Uh, so they, I could see where they might say, hey, they have a defense to contend, but where is that offense? That'll be the intriguing quest. They only scored within 30 points once last year against Northwestern. Look at the top 25 again. Uh, Oregon State in an 18. Now, Oregon State, Zeus, she might have mm -hmm. remembered this. Uh, they acquired uh, transfer quarterback DJ Uigalele from Clemson. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that, that's certainly quite a surprising move, um, especially going from a blue bit like Clemson down to Oregon State. Yeah, um, it is for sure. Yeah, so I, I do know that Oregon State's coach is very hyped about that team. I know you can say it about most uh, coaches, but Oregon State, especially, especially with with with, with what's going on with them with the conference realignment, um, they got to have something to hold on to. So I do hope they have a great year and they can make some noise in the Pac-12 and uh, really shake things up. I will say it is intriguing, DJ Uigalele. 
uh, before uh, this season even began. Uh, he generated some intriguing uh, prestige. He was actually drafted, Zeus, by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Did not sign with the Dodgers, though. Something that I just found crazy was just, wait a minute, you drafted this guy? <laughs> I will say, too, I think this could be a unique change for DJ. If you look at DJ, I mean, just having seen the Clemson fan base just interact with them, they hated DJ. They, they hated DJ. I don't know if you saw it, but they hated him. They thought he was the worst thing since unsliced bread. Man, that kind of reminds me of when Mackenzie Milton was booed and hated here at UCF in his freshman year. And then he turns around and becomes a superstar the following year. It's um, Fans are fickle fickle people, man. You should know that. <laughs> he never, oh, I, oh I, as being a, being a serious fan, I know for sure. And the thing is, too, I was showing this to my audience because, you know, 2022, I know it wasn't anything. He didn't do anything crazy. 22 touchdowns, seven picks. And I just simply said, look, you know, he may not be the best quarterback out there, but 22 touchdowns to seven interceptions seven rushing touchdowns. I looked at that and I was like, if this was like 2005, this was 2003. Those are pretty solid numbers. Cause when you, back then say 30 years ago, throwing 20 touchdowns was considered good. Oh yeah. So it's unique but... seeing that kind of perspective on how it's changed on what can to constitute a good quarterback. It could work out for DJ. Cause I know Bo Nix didn't look anything crazy at Auburn, but he goes to Oregon and, there he goes. Look at him now. Yeah, I see. Um, but how do you compare that production to like, well, like a like a Heisman candidate? Really, it's for people of for fans of blue. It's like that. They're expecting like their quarterbacks to be Heisman candidates all the time. That's just the nature of the sport. They want the best to be the best. So, um, I, I I'm trying to look up stats for last year for uh, Caleb Williams. I think he threw like what thirty. Touchdowns, thirty touchdowns range. indeed, and I believe he he was a massive dual threat too. When it comes to that USC offense, he's got, of course, Lincoln Riley was his head coach. Actually, I stand he threw forty two touchdowns and five yeah. interceptions. So I can so that's, understand that's where what, that comes from. You know, expecting that big Heisman stats. Yep. So it's like, wait, you're not even throwing thirty touchdown passes? Get out of here. We don't want you at Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious, especially with all these transfers with the, with the looser ground that is the transfer portal now. Like, um, are we going to see more changes throughout the year? Are teams going to get better or worse? Is this ever going to be regulated later on? Like, that could be a whole episode of itself, but... Yeah, um, of course. For now, like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see that storyline play out. And, yeah, just these other teams. Like, how's Tennessee going to fare without their star quarterback? Yeah, Hendon um, Hooker I, out of it, too, uh... Joe Milton the third. I have seen some good things about him from the Tennessee fan base, so that could be intriguing to see. Of course, I think the big thing, though, I think you would agree with this, though, Zeus. SEC defense, defense, defense. Absolutely, defense wins championships in the SEC and apparently national titles. Um, okay. like Georgia's offense, as good as it is, like it's not like elite, elite. They just have an unstoppable defense. No one can score on them. I mean, look at that and defensive line. Oh yeah. It's just NFL players playing against a bunch of scrubs and kids. Like, it, it, I, I know it's not it's not nice to you know call anyone like that, but it's it's just true. Like Georgia, the way Georgia recruits, I think they have the number one recruiting class um, at least for like the past uh, four, three, three, three or four years now. Speaking, it's insane. Speaking of Georgia, have you seen that tight end that the Steelers got out of Georgia, Darnell Washington? The dude is like six foot seven. He is a tank and. 
he's taller than some of the offensive linemen on that team. The dude is six seven, like two sixty something, and it's like good god. He's, he's bigger than Gronkowski, and that dude was a monster, dude. Oh my goodness, it, it's just insane seeing that that Georgia team just get that kind of talent like that. I mean, a tight end being six foot seven, two sixty five is just it's crazy to think about. But yeah, there's a just, look, of it, course, at all these players. Sorry, is this what we're going to say? No, it seems almost unfair, yeah, just to have <laughs> that height advantage. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, but there's a look, of course, at some of these uh, big, big teams looking forward to. We'll keep an eye on that. The big thing that's happening this year, of course, this will be most likely the last year of the Power Five with just insane conference realignment we have coming up. There's been a bit of a preview of this slowly. James Madison and Jacksonville State transitioning up to the FBS levels. Uh, Sam Houston State, I believe, is coming up as well. And the big ones, of course, Zeus, it's going to be a wild landscape for college football next year. Oh, yeah. It's it's unrecognizable um, that we're going to have a Power 5 now to a Power 4. And this is going to directly translate to the college football playoff talks. Um, since those four conferences are going to have all the swaying power on how they're going to structure the 12-team playoff that's going to come in 2024. So they don't have a lot of time now. Um, but we, we are definitely going to – it's going to be a fun storyline to follow next offseason. Oh, for certain, um, for certain. Yeah. And, yeah, just it's it's just crazy. The Pac-12, as we know it, is going to be no more. Like, it's not officially dead yet, but if things don't change um, by this time next offseason, like, it's going to be a dead conference. Oh. I'll be blunt, uh, being from being in Idaho, and of course, Pac-12 football. Oregon, Oregon's a big thing out here in a way, uh, because local athlete out here. Uh, last season, he was one of the top athletes in all of Idaho. His name is Kenyon Sadiq, tight end. He just committed. He committed to Oregon. He's actually really darn good, from what I've been told from the local high school coaches out here, uh, just from just from interacting with some of the coaches from last season in baseball. But um, it's a big thing, you know, with uh, with a big, 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 big prospect like that committing to Oregon. And I will say this, I think full on, I think full on the Pac-12 is screwed. Just from just from looking into, I guess you could say, all the all the money. And I, I think that's a big thing that I've noticed too is just the focus on money. How can we spend money to compete with the SEC, the Big Ten? And I think it's just one of those things where the revenue sharing wasn't there. I mean, we saw it with or with the Oklahoma and Texas, where their main reason for wanting to go out of the Big 12 to the SEC was the bigger network. They have the SEC network there. Texas and OU had to do their own networks, if I'm not mistaken. And there's no real Big 12 network. I think the Big 12 recovered well, getting your Knights of UCF. You get Houston, you get BYU, you get Cincy. I think the Big, I think the Big 12 recovered quite well, and I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be just fine. They're stable. They're members right now. They all love what's going on. Yeah, they don't have any blue bloods, but it's easily going to be the most competitive league, top to bottom. Oh, for um, sure. And I, I don't think that's a problem. I think I think the problem for the SEC and Big Ten is just they're way too top heavy. Like their bottom, the bottom half of those leagues are just outright meh to just terrible. And there's a growing fear among the college football experts and the powers that be that um, those conferences may decide enough is enough with their inferior half and let them go. And it's going to be quite a scramble to form like a super conference. It's, we don't know yet, but I mean, something like that could happen when the media deal expires. I believe in 30, uh, 2036 or something like that. 
Oh, those those and those media deals are becoming a bigger thing too. If you get your getting your school out there on TV, whether it be ESPN or CBS or Fox, it's becoming an insanely big thing. I mean, that's why USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten, which I was I wasn't too big of a fan of, and I remember just thinking those like for me at least having having traveled with the team. Uh, for those that may mm. not know, I was the director of broadcasting for a baseball team. Uh, last year having been a part of team travel and been on the road on those long bus rides i feel for those kids that are about to be on a long plane ride to columbus to ann arbor east lansing from you from from usc to ucla and you usc i will say usc i can understand usc packs their, their stadium regularly full they play at the la memorial coliseum Wonderful thing. You have you seen UCLA's attendance, Zeus? Attendance? No, I haven't. <laughs> it's, it's bad. You the the Rose Bowl is generally barely full, and even Troy Aikman said that like their stadium, they barely get any. Even when he was there, even when he was there, the future number one overall pick for the Dallas Cowboys, even when he was there, they, they there was barely there was barely anybody there. Now it could be. You know, not much space in, use in in Los Angeles. They have to play at the Rose Bowl. It's a good bit away from campus. So that could also be a factor into why not many people are going to UCLA. But I just thought it was intriguing how USC I can get. Bring in, that, bring in USC. And you bring in UCLA. And I think that was mainly a basketball. Because bat packed UCLA basketball. Legendary brand college basketball. I think yeah. that was mainly more of a basketball kind of move because look at UCLA basketball, Pac-12 basketball with Oregon and Oregon State, all those guys, now now a Big Ten member. I think that's why they wanted to beef up their basketball. Yeah, um, I think right now the Big Ten and the Big 12 are the leading conferences when it comes to college basketball. Oh, um, SEC sure. is pretty good, uh, pretty good as well, but yeah, um, Teams will always chase after the money. Football is the biggest money maker out there. So even though the football expenses and costs are going to probably hurt UCLA and they might be bottom feeders in Big Ten, um, I mean they're not going to care when they're raking in uh, those sweet media deals and just making up for it. Yeah. So even though I'm not a fan of this move myself, um, at least um, Oregon and Washington is joining them, so they'll have less trouble with the travel and probably getting hype for attendance. Um, and the Big Ten essentially locked up the West Coast as far as their media market goes. I, um, they're, they're taking an approach that the Big 12 is taking, trying to reach across all time zones and stuff. So it's it's interesting how each conference is going about their business here, um, while the ACC is kind of just plotting quietly, but they're still the most powerful brand in college sports. And <laughs> I worry about what shenanigans are going to pull next. Oh, you just never know. I will say there is I, when this when this realignment happens, Zeus, I think there's going to be a pretty intriguing rivalry, a uh, brewing. That being Northwestern versus the actual Northwest. <laughs> I, I never pondered it until now, but pretty much Northwestern is going to have to face the actual Northwest. That, that's going to be a thing on Sicko's committee for sure is just getting all that there. They might make a new rivalry or some weird trophy about it. I don't know. <laughs> it, it could be like the Confusion Bowl, Miami, Ohio, and Miami, Florida. It'll be like, it'll, it could be like that. It'd be like, Let's track how Northwestern fares against the actual Northwest. 
could yeah, be, and speaking could be that. Yeah, and speaking of like Miami of Florida, um, the ACC is kind of in a pickle. Like they're debating on trying to get some new members because Florida State's raising a massive stink over there because a school like UCF is about to make a, actually more money than them over over the same period of time. And Florida State's like, wait, what the heck? Yeah, we can't stand for this. We're a blue blood. How, why is UCF going to make more in the Big Twelve? And we're all having this weird, non-favorable media deal. And here we go with the egos running high for these schools. And I just hate that so much about how that's affecting college sports. But that's the reality. And that's why the ACC is kind of clenching, it, realizing it, it how is. are we going to keep these brands happy? It is a big thing. I think the issue that uh, the issue with the ACC. Now, this is from someone that. A little bit of sports background on me, Zeus. I grew up watching ACC sports. My the first athletic event I went to was an NC State basketball game against the Presbyterian Blue Hose. So I have a little bit of uh, a little bit. I have a big background when it comes to ACC sports. So the issue with the ACC is that since Clemson over the past couple years faltered after uh, Trevor Trevor Lawrence went to the draft and you lost Etienne and yep. so on. The issue is, is that there isn't really a big power that can stand on a national scale and be the main bearer for the conference. I mean, NC State looked like that for a bit. They had a rough patch last year after they lost Devin Leary to an injury. Clemson, I think with Kade Glove, that looks better. I mean, I've heard lots of things about from Clemson fan base. VTech has tried, but VTech hasn't really been... I would say notable in football for a good bit. UNC uh, tried for a little bit. Uh, they didn't look too crazy uh, from what I last remember last year. So it was a rough, rough patch, I would say, for the ACC. Like, you have some good teams. You have you have Florida State. You have Clemson. You know, they both are the bearers <clears throat> of that conference. But then you have your other schools, your Syracuse, your Louisville, your NC State, your Wake Forest, who I know are solid they are solid teams but if you look at them on a national scale nc state hasn't won the conference title since the 1970s Jeez, <laughs> louisville hasn't had much they had malik cunningham who i thought was a nice nice looking quarterback they haven't been big since uh they had lamar jackson so it's been a bit uh virginia tech was rough virginia was rough miami's five and seven but they they were the first year under new coach mario cristobal so i i think he'll be good in the end if you look at it the the acc only had two 10-win teams last year that was clemson and florida state of course florida state lost out on the tiebreaker to clemson so clemson faced unc and clemson just pretty much destroyed well unc and there, there's yeah. good, there's good teams here for football. There's, there's good teams here. I think the main issue that that they have, the ACC has, when it comes to at least football, basketball. I say ACC football, basketball, it's pretty darn good, but football, of course, is is, is the issue here because there's yeah. Just, I think I think they're the worst of the Power Four right now. Um, yeah, when it comes to market share, because I mean, no offense to Boston College, my head moderator, High Eagles, is a huge BC fan. He just sent me, he just sent me a. Uh, Emmett Moorhead shirt in the mail. So I, ha I have that. So I'm very knowledgeable about Boston College at this point. BC has <laughs> struggled for a little bit in the ACC. Uh, I think if, dare say, the ACC breaks up, BC could go back to being an independent. Uh, at Probably, yeah. 
a lot of these schools are going to have to struggle to find new homes. Um, like Pittsburgh, um, who knows where they're going to end up. Uh, Wake Forest, especially. Wake Forest might be, you know, regulate, relegated to like the American. Who knows? You never know. Um, you never know, man. I will say Wake Forest, couple, like 10 years ago, was nothing notable in the ACC. In fact, they're the, they were the guy, they were the, uh, it was them and, and uh, Virginia Tech who had that 0 0 game that went into OT. And it was one, I think it was 6 3 was the final score. Crazy game. You ever looked that up? But Wake Forest has gotten better. They had Sam Hartman at quarterback. He's now at the universe at Notre Dame. Uh, but their 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 main thing at, at the at the ACC level. I don't know if you heard this, Zeus. Their main thing that they want to do is they are the rumors are that they are looking to add California, Stanford, and yep. SMU. That would make it a more respectable league. SMU is pretty good in football. Oh, very good. Cal and Stanford, eh, not really anymore, but they're still they're still brand names that are recognizable. Yeah, recognizable. I don't. I wonder if they'd have to change the name. Then again, the Big Ten is still the Big Ten. They're going. They're going to have like eighteen members or something. No, the Big like Ten. That. The Big Ten. There's no way they're going to change that name. No, no, no. The no. big, the big, the Big Twelve. I think they're considering changing a name, so that way there's no brand confusion when the Power Four comes around. Which oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind. I think there's some cool names out there that you could you yeah. know replace the Big the Big Twelve with. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they come up with. Just not big, whatever. Does. Be creative with it. If you're going to make a new conference name, I hope it goes well for the Big Twelve since there's a lot of stability in that conference. There's a lot of conf- there's a lot of um, parity in that conference. There's a lot of things that um, it's just I, I think it's the most well balanced conference in college football right now or college sports. Period. Um, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be hype to watch. And, and not saying it because I'm I'm a UCF fan, obviously, but I think across the board, if you really dig deep into it, um, there's hardly any weakness when it comes to the Big Twelve for their athletics and. Yeah, like it's it's gonna be one wild year. <laughs> it's gonna be a wild day on, on so many different facets too, because uh, the mid-major conferences are not spared either. The American is going to get a big, big shift uh, in this in the next kind of coming season. I think this year actually, UTSA, Rice, North Texas, SMU. I know just is I think they've been in the American. I should clarify myself, but I know UTSA, UAB. ODU, Charlotte, East Carolina, James Madison also in the American, and uh, Vanderbilt is enough. Actually, they're a foot member. I'm reading this map wrong. Uh, this map is way too confusing for my eyes. <laughs> Any more caffeine? But uh, most pretty. But UTSA is joining the conference. They've been really good in football. It's a solid, solid mid-major program. You have UAB, which is back from the brink after having their program get ended in 2013. Bring it yeah. back. They're back into it. You got Florida Atlantic joining the conference. You got North Texas, Rice. There's... Yeah, football wise, they're oh, they're definitely really solid. Oh yeah, yeah. it's going to be a good. The Conference USA, I know they are set. They they are getting Jacksonville State, who just did their transfer FCS from FCS to FBS play. Uh, they got that. They got that. They got Liberty just be well, just dropped me in the pad. They're gonna be a new. They're gonna be the new a new FBS member. New Mexico State and Sam Houston State, who's also a former FCS top school, making the jump to FBS. So the mid major schools are not spared this either. So it'll be unique to see how these conferences fare because Conference USA and the American, two of the best group of five conferences out there when it comes to football. I, it's gonna be to see how they do. I think the American will be a very fun mid major conference to watch. 
yeah, it'll be a fun watch, but in the grand landscape of things, like how, how are they going to really impact the playoff and the, the big picture? Like, are we going to be careening towards a split between the group of five schools and then the power four? Um, we don't know. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen. And you never know just what really could happen from there. We'll see, of course, what happens with conference realignment and this college football landscape, which I think this will be a fun, fun year. The last year of the traditional Power 5 that we have seen for the past 10 years, so it should be very fun to see. Zeus, shall we talk about our NFL teams in the preseason, my friend? Um, Yeah, but before that, just briefly, like sure. um, UCF does kick off tomorrow. Um, this is week one of college football. So in terms of the polls and realignment, like we're certainly going to see the future of college football at work. So I'm excited for my nights. Um, I'll definitely give reactions next week on how they do. It's against Kent State, which mm-hmm. um, they've lost like so much of their, their team from last year to this year. And our history like uh, has showed the streak that UCF has lost twice in a row to the school. But I mean, that was like uh, 18 plus years ago. And now here we are. And I can't wait. I can't wait to blow them out. Like, I think it's going to be a one-sided game, but we'll see. Like, barring weather, um, I, I will give my full report and thoughts later. But yes, Manny. Yeah. Let's move on from college and put on our on our NFL hats. And yeah, the preseason just happened, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. And uh, what an intriguing preseason it was from uh, from beginning to end with a lot of many cuts and trades, surprising things happening. Even I got cut by the Steelers. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so this has been a recurring joke with my chat. Um, there is a there was a player out of uh, Colorado State, a defensive end, an edge rusher named Manny Jones. His real name is Emmanuel. <laughs> his real name is Emmanuel, and I know that will make my mod Eagles go, Manny, that's your real name. No, it's not. Eagles, get that right. But yeah, there, was, there, was, there actually was a defensive end named Manny Jones, and I, got, I, I just remember getting all notifications from the series saying, we have signed Manny Jones. Hey, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> and so it became a joke for a bit. Uh, Manny Jones, the actual Manny Jones, the football player Manny Jones, got released <clears throat> yesterday. <laughs> wow. So it's kind of wild. Yeah, and coming... <laughs> And coming on the team you support too. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was the best part was just like sharing that and going, "Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, I can't, I couldn't have been signed. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute." On to though the preseason. I mean, I don't care much about the result, like winning and the winning in the preseason. More so, it's just how the team looked overall. There's a lot of positives, I would say, when it comes to Pittsburgh. Uh, one thing that was unique to see was how Calvin Austin the third would do. He was a mid-round draft pick out of memphis more of a speedy receiver but he he had an injury with his foot and he was supposed to make his debut at some point last season was not able to and thankfully was able he looked pretty good running the routes uh the great kenneth pickett and his small hands uh looked, <laughs> looked 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 pretty good looked pretty good i am excited to see what they will do with the offense you got george pickens Hopefully ready to go, Deontay Johnson. We mentioned Darnell Washington. I'm, I'm hopeful he's going to be a really, really good tight end. I mean, you pair him up with Pat Fryermuth. It, it, it's going to be fun to see. It's going to be fun to see. I think, I think it'll be a solid, 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 pre, solid season. I'm hope, I'm hoping at least. Um, 
for me as a fan, though, Zeus, I don't know if you know this about me as a fan. Sometimes watching this team is the most painful thing, even though you know they're going to find some ridiculous way to finish above 500 because they must keep the streak alive for Mike Tomlin. <laughs> I, I, kid, I kid you not. There were people on Steelers Twitter, Zeus, that legit were like, <clears throat> we should bench Kenny Pickett just to make sure Mike Tomlin finishes above 500. And did was he benched? No, no, oh no, and that's the best part. He wasn't. It's you, you, get, <laughs> you get these crazy every listen. This is the thing you'll you'll find just from being around Sarah's Twitter Zeus. Every loss, it is fire everybody in the organization. It could be a loss to any team. It it could be at any team. Fire everybody in the organization. You will you will get that on Twitter. You will see it on Facebook. You will see it on Instagram. You will see it on Threads. It is all over the place. People just, after any loss, fire everybody. Uh, so I think that's a trip for a lot of fan bases, but knowing the Steelers and how fanatic they can get, um, that yeah. just goes to show the passion they got for their team. They, so it's well, Steel, Pittsburgh's a very blue collar community, so I can understand where it's like, I'm here sitting here waiting for the Steelers to actually do good for once. One of these days. I could, they're going to make me the offensive coordinator so I could just tell Kenny Pickett. Hey, you're the football <laughs> to Pickett already. You has got to know. That's the true offensive plan. Just do what Big Ben did. Just throw it to AB. That always worked because the Steelers are going to go to Super Bowl. <laughs> that was totally uh, improv, by the way. But I, I will say this for the Pittsburgh. So I think St- Pittsburgh, I'm, little, I'm pretty excited. I think that. I'm a bit more confident with the team this season. I wasn't for for all all of last year, Zeus. I was not at all confident about the team, and it mainly comes down to one thing. Yeah, the offensive coordinator is a hack. I will I will say this right now, because I will tell you this about this all season, Zeus. I saw his offense in college. Uh, Matt Canada, folks, is the if you don't follow Pittsburgh, there is the offensive coordinator for Pitt for. Uh, for Pittsburgh, and really since I would have to say Bruce Arians, Pittsburgh really hasn't had a big-name OC in a while. Because back then, in 2005 to 2000 Zeus, you had Ken Weisenhunt, who was the coach of the Cardinals when they went to the Super Bowl for a bit, and then you had Bruce Arians, who was Ben's quarterback coach and later the OC for a bit. So both were very good as an offensive court. Both were very good. After that, you generally had, like, Randy Feetner, all these different guys that were just, like, yes men, because it would just be Big Ben call hurry up when you're down a lot by the second half and just chuck the ball everywhere. That That's legit how the game Brilliant. Go. Yes, <laughs> which sometimes it worked. Sometimes it worked. Matt Canada, though. Matt Canada. Though. So I have seen his offense all around. He was the OC at NC State when I watched a lot of NC State football. And it's it's generally very similar. You see a lot of jet sweeps, lots of motion blocking. You see lots of short passes, slant routes. And you get these very questionable calls. And it's just, what are what are you doing, man? What are you what are you doing? It, it's yeah, wild. I think I yeah, like I've been there with some offense corners that the Dolphins have. Just like, why are you calling this on fourth and one or third and one? Or just game situations. This lack of game awareness is a thing that pisses me off about uh, not just my team, but just like other other watching other teams around the NFL. 
how they just bungle games away. <laughs> Not oh, to I mention, love, like... I love that term, bungle. You said bungle games away? I, love I did say bungle. <laughs> I am catering to you, Manny. <laughs> I, I, love, I love it, I love it, man. But yeah, like, and it was a big issue last season when, when, it come, when it comes to just how the offense was last year. Now, did the team finish successfully around the end? Oh, for sure. The thing, the thing is, you know, is just Mike Tomlin's a very, he's a defensive head coach, so you leave the coordinator <clears throat> running the offense. The issue just, the issue that just ended up happening with the team last year, and this could have just been uh, uh, just from not having Ben Roethlisberger around, that, that could have just been a very, very, very big reason as to why this offense, say, faltered quite a bit in the previous year. But just to give an idea, the Steelers were 25th in rank and net yards gained per pass attempt. So it the passing attack dropped badly. Even when Ben even in Big Ben's last season, they dropped pretty pretty bad. Now, I would say more so the wins last year on the end came a lot because Pickett showed he could be clutch. Pickett showed he could really, really be clutch by the end. He was really playing better. And I think what helps this year is you they finally addressed the offensive line with Broderick Jones. Love what he what the potential he has. So they finally addressed the offensive line concern. It is one of those things where I think if I, I think they'll do well, but this team is at times, I'm going to feel like it's like, why are you guys doing this? There there was a reason why I would try to watch Steelers game, Zeus. But I'm yep. like, I can't, I can't watch this offense. I can't watch this offense. I can't. I can't. I can't watch yeah, they this lost, offense. They lost a lot of games last year um, just because they simply couldn't sustain drives. So much yeah. punting and relying on our defense. It, it, it became a big, it's, it's become a big meme, I guess you could say, amongst like, amongst Steeler Twitter where, just scoring on an opening drive is is considered it is like such a weird thing that, that they just become very adverse to. And just to give more stuff, you know, in, in terms of like points points four, they were they were twenty sixth in points four. So it, and they they allowed three hundred forty six points. You you would expect with the team that allows that last season, they'd go seven and seven and nine or seven and ten. Well, they went nine and eight. So that just goes to show you could you could say the leadership of this team, and that's the one thing that keeps them around is that leadership there, that that leadership that they have there. It's great. It's just why do we have this OC? Why why, why do we have this OC? And the uh, the thing is, I think if if they, if they had a losing season last year, Zeus, Matt Canada yeah. would have been fired. Matt Canada would have been fired. The issue is they didn't. They had a big winning streak to end the year. And after that, they said, you know what, let's keep around. It doesn't help that he recruited Kenny Pickett to Pitt. So there's a connection there. But we shall see. I am, I am an eternal optimist, Zeus. I don't know about you with your Dolphins, but I am an eternal optimist when it comes to this team. I am hopeful things will be good. Yeah, and I totally understand that. Um, because it's, especially with a, a team like mine, the Dolphins, having a lot of heartaches and ups and downs over the years. Um, it, it definitely is hard to get hyped about the team, but... Based on everything that the Dolphins have done um, this offseason, just the past couple years in general, like we're in a win-now situation. Oh, sure. Miami has absolutely overturned this roster and pretty much um, drafted and paid the players need to play um, to compete and to actually um, compete for an AC championship and to a Super Bowl. Like, their window, I think, is open right now for two years, as much as people don't want to believe it. 
because it all hinges on one thing that scares me the most, and that's just Tua. Like, can he just stay healthy for 17 games? And the reason why that hasn't been the case for his entire career in Miami is because the leadership on top does not understand how to craft an offensive line. Um, even as recently, like um, the offensive line that we drafted, I think a couple years ago, Mike uh, Liam Meikenberg, mm-hmm. he's benched. He's not even a starter anymore. Really? So that was just kind of a waste of a pick. And that's a really big stand on Chris Greer that we got the quarterback. I think two is the best quarterback we had since Marino, but how how good is he going to be if he's not going to be protected all the time? And especially in the division is rough with the Bills and the Pats and the Jets all have great defenses that will just murder your quarterback if you're not careful. It's it's terrifying. Like, we're either going to be elite and really good or we're going to bungle our way. You know, I keep saying that word. <laughs> we're just going to limp our way into the playoffs, and I really don't want to see that again. Yeah. But what gives me hope this season is that um, Mike McDaniel, I think he's having a big influence with the team, especially with the draft picks that we've gotten. Like, uh, Devon A-Chain has proven to be a really good pick so far, um, even though not really durable just yet, but we have a deep enough running back room that I think whenever we need A-Chain for a big third-down sweeper play, he's going to deliver, and I think he's going to turn some heads this season. Or he might return kicks. Who knows? Um, he's, he just hit, he, like everybody else on the team, needs to stay healthy. Um, I think Cam Smith was our other big get from this year's draft. It looked all right this season. He um, he let one bomb of a throw from the backup quarterback in Jacksonville in the last preseason game. But other than that, um, he's been pretty solid, just shutting down people and staying on top and not making too many mistakes. But I bring this up because uh, Mike McDaniel, um, I think, was also the the leading cause for Miami trying to attract Vic Fangio to the Dolphins as a defensive coordinator here. And I think through him, um, this defense is going to be utilized way better um, than our previous defensive coordinator um, last year. Well, I already forgot because I already is fed up with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> he just he, he just wasn't good. Um, we, we did not produce takeaways with them. We were 29th last year in takeaways. Um, we were, let's see. Uh, we allowed so much on the pass, on the pass, 29th in pass play percentage and completion. Um, and points per game, um, we were 24th, so bottom half in allowing teams to score on us. And granted, we had the offense to keep up with people, but if we're going to compete this year, um, this Vic Vanjo defense needs to step up and show its true potential. So overall, um, barring a good, a better defense and to us health, like I think... I can be optimistic in this team and um, sloppy reasons aside, um, I, I really hold much water or stock in that. I think this team, if they can get out of the gate three and one, they're going to have a really good year and a chance to win the division. So I'm very happy for this, for these fans. I think they can really go far. Um, we'll just have to see if they can do it. Yeah. Look at your schedule right now. I mean, you got Los Angeles week one, new England week two, Denver week three. Let's ride. Week four, you got Buffalo. <laughs> I, I can't help it. I, we we actually I actually remember on a trip once to Colorado Springs, we drove we our bus drove by the stadium, and I was like, look up there, like I wonder what Russ is cooking over there. Uh, besides that point, <laughs> uh, I think I, I I do agree with you, man. Like I think that that's the big big I think question mark is if Tua can stay healthy, and I think the offensive scheme that that is there in in Miami. I think it is good. I mean, you look at what Tua made a big leap last year in the games he played. 25 t- touchdowns to eight picks, 105.5 passer rating, 3,548 yards. 
I think that that was a big thing. I think he he showed that he can. He can be your guy if you give him the right coach, you give him that right scheme. I think he is he can be your guy. I do agree he is the best Dolphins quarterback I think they've had in a while since Marino. Marino. I, I have and to also, I agree, disagree with you, man. Go on. Yeah, and also if they can run the ball, and I think that's been a focus this offseason. And just take, you know, six, six, seven snaps away from Tua, and we get good run games out of it. That's going to be huge in keeping it upright and healthy. Oh, for sure. So I think our running back, I think our, our running backs are being overlooked. Yeah, we don't have a true number one, but uh, depth and consistency is important. Like, people are going to sleep on Savant Ahmed. Like, that guy is fast. He's slippery. He will definitely make you look silly on a jet sweep or something. And we have our bruisers with, um, with Jeff Wilson and. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting okay, okay, right here. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mozart. Yeah, Mozart. Ah, um, uh, yeah, Mozart. Yeah, um, he can definitely carry the rock and take the punishment. And I, I think having both running backs that can outrun your opponent and just uh, carry the load and be a good backup, I think that's huge. If you can run the ball, as we've seen the Chiefs and Bengals do um, lately to win their AFC titles. Um, you have a shot, and that's where Buffalo fails, and that's why they will continue to fail <laughs> once I get to my <laughs> predictions for the playoffs. So oh, but of course, we'll get there soon enough. I will say, though, <laughs> there is something that does depress me about the Dolphins. My former classmate, Keon Crossan, uh, who was a classmate of mine at Western Carolina, I sat next to him in a, uh, one of our classes. Could go, great guy, great guy. Uh, he is out for the year, unfortunately, which I saw that. I was like, no, not my, no. No, not you. Not uh, anything. Not you. Uh, I will say I do think I do think that, you know, I think this will be. I think this might this will be a sell. The, the question is, of course, can Tua stay healthy? You do have uh, Jalen Ramsey in with the yeah. defensive back line. Eli Apple, whose mama is so sassy. We'll see what uh, happens there. Bradley Chubb. So I think there's some there's some nice guys on the defense. I think if Christian Wilkins, yeah, and yeah he's Christian ready to Wilkins. tear people up. Think, I think if you get something going there when it comes to both sides of the football, and I think if two stays healthy, could be could be a solid year. We will have to uh, see on that guards. Unfortunately, I hope my hope my man Keon gets well, man. I hope I hope he gets well, man. I remember seeing the contract he signed last year at Dol- the Dolphins. I'm like, yeah, I made it, my guy, from seventh round pick to kind <clears> of <throat> three year, thirty mil with the Dolphins, and he is out for the year. That is just, I can't. Yeah, injuries before season start. They're the worst. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna a... get over that, man. That that's my guy, man. That's my guy. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> but we got teams to recover, and it it all starts up top. So if the coaches can figure out who goes where and make the, all the right plays. Um, I I think I think both our teams can surprise people this year. I don't think either of our teams are bottom feeders. No. Um, but certainly can sneak up on people. Yeah. But that said, um, you want to pivot towards Jonathan Taylor really quick, or yeah. shall we? Yeah. Let, let's jump we'll into in both. Jonathan Taylor has been a is in an intriguing, intriguing story right now. Uh, yesterday, there were support. There were support reports that he was supposed to get traded, uh, mm-hmm. but the deadline did pass. Uh, apparently, the uh, Green Bay Packers and the Miami Dolphins were interested in acquiring Jonathan Taylor. Taylor has demanded a trade from the from the Colts. He was the 41st yep. overall pick a couple seasons ago. He's been one of the best 
one of the best running backs in the league. However, the Colts informed him that they would not be extending his rookie contract and informed that he had requested a trade. Now, it's a, it's a big thing for running backs, Zeus. Uh, I don't know if you've not, if you pay attention to the uh, the new stuff in, 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 in the NFL. There's a lot of issues with running backs. Formerly, that would be number one running back, say, 20 years ago. They are yeah. getting signed those big deals. Zeke got a one-year deal. Josh Jacobs a one-year deal. I think Saquon signed under the franchise tag, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a big issue. And I think it's just the, the mindset when it comes to general managers has changed. They're not looking into, say, having one big running back that you can care, have carry the ball 300 times a game. But the game has changed. I was... There was a housemate of mine. He was trying to understand it. Like, why aren't people, why aren't teams signing running backs? And I had to simply say, well, here, here's what's going on, man. <clears throat> the game has changed. You have more dual threat quarterbacks in the game now that have get right. Front. Mo- quarterbacks with mobility are looked at much higher regard than the traditional pocket QB that would just stay in the pocket and didn't have much mobility like Peyton. That's why Caleb Williams is such a high target for teams next year. And people are going to start tanking for him. Yeah. That, 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 oh my goodness. That's why, that's why a lot of, if you look at, if you look at a lot of the quarterbacks that were taken the past couple of drafts, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tungvaluwa, Kenny Pickett, like a lot of these guys have some amount of mobility. They may not be the most mobile, but they have some amount of mobility that, can make that can have them extend plays in a way and that's what teams are looking for they're not looking into one big running back that they pay an amazing amount of money for just to uh carry the ball the times the 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 mindset on the game has changed the trade deadline however is october 31st there is still trade interest in him however Taylor is on the physically unable to perform list. So even, even if he was traded, he would still, he must miss, miss at least the first four games of the regular season. So right now it seems as though we have the Dolphins and the, and the Packers intrigued in Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And the reason why he wasn't traded is because the Colts were demanding a first round pick, but with so, running backs, you can't demand a first round pick. No, the best you're going to get is maybe one second round pick. Honestly, I, I think the Dolphins are trying to trade like a second round pick, a fourth round pick, and like a couple of their players over, and that wasn't enough. And it's like I think that's a fair trade that Miami was trying to offer, but Colts are like, no, we want more. And for a re- rebuilding franchise, uh, that might be a mistake because the more Taylor's disgruntled, the more teams realize who they have, the less value they're going to get. Until the point where maybe no one trades for him, and then what? You have to cut him. Well, I <laughs> and can... then you get nothing. Yeah, you, that's right. And I can understand, I guess you could say, why they're demanding so high. 2021, he, he ran for 1,800 yards, 18 touchdowns, was a freak of nature. He's definitely, I say, I would say, I would say right now, the best running back in the league. Issue is, of course, like, like we've said, is teams are also going into a more, they're going into a running back by committee. If you look into like a lot of the past couple Super Bowl winners or playoff winners, they generally yeah. have quarter running backs that they're signing for like eight hundred thousand uh, dollars. So that's a big factor too into what's going on is that they're signing a bunch of these running backs that are are are, are not costing them a lot, and it helps them save money so they can get stuff on the O line, the defense, the receiving core, tight end. That they, they, they use they freeze up that money so they can use it elsewhere. 
I think Taylor will find a new home if he is determined to be out of Indianapolis. The only question, of course, will be where. I think he I think he is a good running back. I think he will he will find a place. I think I'm confident that he will find a home. We'll have to wait and see though, because I think getting yep. a first for him is a big, big ask. He is a running he is how old is he? He is 24 years old, so he's still young. You could I could see maybe you getting something massive in return, but a future first round pick, that's a big ask. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think Taylor is also likely to land if this trade's gonna go through in the future. So probably in the NFC. The AFC's already stacked enough. And I think if the Colts are willing to bend, they'll probably for an NFC team before they trade to they trade him to an NFC an AFC team. Um so we'll see. Um I know he's also been kind of injury prone lately, so that also hinders his value. Oh yeah. The dude has a lot of mileage on him. I think since this was since his Wisconsin days, where he carried the rock like the most out of any running backs in recent collegiate history. We don't know how long he's going to last. Like he might, he might, you know, flame out. <laughs> and that's the with running backs. Yes, they was running backs. We've it's, we've happened so many times. You just never know when the wheels will come off. Yeah, look at Derrick Henry. Uh, the oh. king's been the throne. Like he he was so elite for like a period of three years. Now he's just kind of fallen off. Yeah, it, um, when you have that bruising style, it does wear you down quicker. Of course. Mm-hmm. That's what Taylor is. He's another bruiser style back that. Was certainly a complimented team. Like he'd be a perfect fit in Miami since we already have the speedy backs. Give us Jonathan Young and goodness. Good luck stopping us. We're, we're, we're our top five offense. Oh yeah. Um, but um, we'll see. But regardless of that, um, oh boy, are you ready to make your name in um in um <laughs> our podcast history? Whether we're going to look back on this and be shamed or be crowned geniuses? Uh, of course. Let us go through our last thing we're going to get through in there in this first ever edition of the podcast. And thanks once again, if you're at this point, for listening into our first edition of the Furries in Football podcast with myself and the big horse, the Fin Fanatic Zeus. So let's talk about these playoffs. So I think I will get some easy ones out of the way real quick. I think it's fair to say for the AFC, I think it's fair to say you'll have Kansas City in the playoffs. I think it's fair to say right out the gate, KC's getting in. They're probably going to win the division. I say, even though I don't want to pick this, I think Pittsburgh will be solid. I think Cincy will win the AFC North. Yeah. I, I think Cincy won the AFC North. I think you could see, depending on what happens, any of those other three, Baltimore, my Steelers, and the Browns, if whatever happens to them, you could see them sneak in as a wild card. AFC South, I am very big on the Jaguars in the AFC South. I, I am I am very big on the Jaguars in the AFC South. I think that, you know, you have Indianapolis with Anthony Richardson, Houston with CJ Stroud, Tennessee's got Will Levis, and I think they still have Tannehill, if I'm not mistaken. I think <clears throat> Tennessee will be there will be good, but I think Jacksonville's gonna win that division. And then the AFC East, I think it might come down to Buffalo and Miami. I'm not sure who I'd pick yet, but I think it could be either one of those two that could win the division, depending on how their how their in-game records match up against each other. And for wild card, I'd say you could you could see Baltimore, you could see Miami. Maybe I think the Chargers will be a good good look too. So wild card, I'm still undecided on Zeus, but I think division wise for AFC, I'm thinking Chiefs, I'm thinking Jacksonville, I'm thinking Cincy, and I'm thinking either. 
the Bills, or the Dolphins. For the NFC, mm-hmm. I am saying the, the, the NFC West will be an intriguing one. I say, I, I say San Francisco. I know that the Seahawks are going to be an, I think they'll be good. You got Geno Smith coming back with DK, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, Jigba. I think they'll be an intriguing team to watch uh, there. I think they'll make it a little wild card, but I say the Niners. If Brock Purdy doesn't hurt his, doesn't tear his UCL again, I think yeah. they'll be fine. I say NFC North, Minnesota. I am, I'm very big on Minnesota. I would, I was tend to put Detroit. The issue is though, that Detroit last season, they're, they were very big on hot and cold streak. They had that big losing skid middle of the year and then went out and won, went, went first nine and eight. So I think Detroit will be good. I think Dan Campbell's a good coach. I think they'll at least make a wild card bid. And they'll, they'll give the Minnesota Vikings a, a run for their money. Yep. But I say if Minnesota wins the division, Chicago and Green Bay, I have to wait and see how Jordan Love does. I don't think he's that bad. Justin Field with finally some O-line help and DJ Moore. I think he'll be fun to watch. We'll see how he makes a big push. And, of course, this could all change, but we should see. Jordan Love could stumble. Fields could have some injury issues. And uh, we'll see what happens, though. But I think Minnesota will win the NFC North. NFC South. Now, this one is a tough one to think about because you have Carolina with brand-new head coach. Brand new quarterback, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Tampa. Having seen Atlanta in the preseason, I'm not too certain on Atlanta. They're trying to figure out what to do. Desmond Ritter could be the one. They also got B. John Robinson. Derek Carr with the New Orleans Saints. If he, if Michael Thomas and Chris Olave stay healthy, I think they'll be solid. I, I think they'll be solid. The... The, the Panthers, I just don't, I, I, I can't see. There's a site I have in there. They say they're that, too young. Yeah, too young. Bryce Young, I think, will be a good quarterback. I don't think Carolina makes it. And I say, if I'm looking at the NFC South right <clears throat> now, this is a division I think could go either for any of these teams. Don't think, I don't think Carolina. I'd say probably New Orleans or Tampa. I think right. Derek Carr, now he's out from Oakland or Las Vegas. I keep. I think Derek Carr, he has put up consistent numbers. Not hasn't been the best quarterback, but he's been very consistent. Some might say consistently bad. Some might say he has been very solid. I say I'm in the very solid category when it comes to Derek Carr. I think you give him a good structure in New Orleans. I think he will be good. And for the NFC East, I think it's fair to say Philadelphia, I think, will win the division once again. Dallas will try something, and the Giants... Not sure how Danny Dimes will do, but if Daniel Jones can limit those turnovers, I think they'll be in on a wild card. The Washington Commanders, the culture yeah. is actually not <laughs> that damn good anymore. Thank goodness Daniel Snyder is gone. I think the Commanders will rebound a little bit. I think they'll be competitive. Ron Rivera, I think, is one of those coaches that very defensive-minded head coach, not afraid to gamble in certain situations. I think he'll keep that team competitive. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. Really, I think with all these teams, there's something you're going to get this too. You just don't know. There's so many question marks that they It's so hard. Be, it's, it's so hard. They, they could be good. Like, I think Dallas could. Dallas is going to be solid. The Giants could be good. I like their head coach and Brian Dable. Could be very good for them. But you just, you just don't know because like, so, there's so many variables there. And I think at least in the wild card, 
I'd say Dallas, Detroit, and I would have to say Seattle make it. So those are my playoff predictions. Zeus, go right ahead. Oh boy, the pressure. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it, it's been tough. It's 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 definitely hard to think about this. Yeah, I think I've I think I've a better I think of a better stance in the NFC. So I'll just start with them actually. I'll go sure. backwards. Go ahead. So so the NFC. Um, so we can start with the West. Um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm agreeing with you. I think the 49ers are definitely the favorites to win. They got the most talent. I think they have the the head coaching staff right there ready to go. They got defense. They have an offense as well balanced. Like it's the recipe for a solid uh, Super Bowl contender. Um, they were just injured to hell them back in that NFC Championship game against the Eagles. So I think this is a good chance to get a revenge tour going, and they could easily be in the big dance, and especially the bigger the the, the biggest game of the world um, come February. So they're definitely my pick to win the NFC West. Other teams in there, um, the Rams, the Cardinals. Oh, Cardinals are they're they're going to be the worst team in the league. Oh, Sorry. sure. Like they they dumped everybody. I feel bad for Kyler Murray. He better find a better he better find a better home next offseason because he needs to get out of that dump. That is maybe the maybe Cardinals. I don't know if you've heard this joke, but maybe he just wants to sit down and play Roblox. <laughs> have, you, have you heard about? Have you heard about that? Yeah, yeah. Prioritizing video games over being an NFL star. Yeah. They they had they, they they put in his contract that he gets a bonus if he studies. So he's just like, you know, he's just gonna study. Hey guys, you wanna come play Roblox? Oh my god. <laughs> it's so cringe and they're ugh. I'm so- <laughs> the, the Seahawks, yeah, I think they're they're gonna be a surprise team in the NFC. I think Geno Smith, second year in the system, I think he could definitely turn some heads. Uh, Pete Carroll's still a great coach, so great coaches can definitely take teams far. That's why I'll never sleep on the Patriots as much as I hate them, but <laughs> you can't count them out. No, you can't. Not, not with uh, Darth uh, Belichick over there. Can't do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I think um, easy winner for the 49ers. Uh, moving on to the NFC South. Yeah, I think it's the Saints division to lose easily. They got the most uh, talent. Um, I think they're going to be a dark horse. Like, I would not be surprised if the Saints somehow make their way into the championship game. And get blown out. <laughs> yeah, it, could, it but, could happen. It could happen. Yeah, the Saints, um, Derek Carr, like differences in different quarterback. Uh, they they could easily turn some heads. Tampa Bay, yeah, they're gonna suck this year. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be a rough time for uh, Tampa. I will say, I think what I don't know how Baker's gonna do. Uh, Kyle Trask, whoever they go with, I think they've gone with Baker. But we need to yeah, Baker Baker's does. a starter. Yeah, I think Baker's been named a starter. No surprises there. Poor Baker, man. Like he had a chance with the Browns, and the Browns just misused them. I think all career. I think personally, like I think Baker is good. I think it's just you're in Cleveland. You're you. you it had a running scheme, and I I will. I've said this a lot. I think Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback the Browns have had since since the since the eighties since the eighties, man. Like when they since the eighties, man. Like I think I think Baker Mayfield. Yep. In general. Considering he was the he was drafted by the Browns, where QBs go to die, you look at he put up some solid numbers. So I think that if you just look at what Baker Mayfield has been able to do as a as a play as a, as a player uh, in in his in his career, I think it's just one of those things where it's like if you get to look at it, like he is the best quarterback that they have had in Cleveland since Bernie Kosar. I think that's that's fair to say. Like he was the best Browns quarterback they've ever had since Bernie Kosar. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, Baker Mayfield is stuck with, what, Ted Bowles as a head coach? Yeah, good old, good old Todd Bowles, man. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, yeah. He, he should say defensive coordinator. I, 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 he's he's, he's going to be fired. I think he's going to be fired sometime in the middle of the season. You I think, think he'll be day. fired? I think he's going to be fired this year. I, 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 I'm pretty confident. Call that Ooh. a hot take or not, but he's had a pretty bad streak as a head coach, and I think Tampa Bay is going to be another stain on his legacy of failure. Intriguing. So, I, I'm liking the hot takes. I, I, I am I am liking the hot takes, my friend. Yeah. So the Falcons, um, I think they might be a surprising team. Um, Desmond Ritter could certainly um, uh, light it up with the offense another year with um, his star tight end. Um, they just got to get that defense under control, and if they do, they can probably maybe push for that lone spot to win the NFC South. So, if Atlanta can rise up, I mean, I know, I know you have your your take on Atlanta, but I think yeah. they could, they could surprise people. Oh, and I think the Panthers, so. yeah, yeah, the Panthers. We already talked about them. They're yeah. they're too young, too raw. They're not going to go anywhere this year. To the North, though, everyone's hyping on the Lions. Dan Campbell, I know, is such a great motivator for his team, and the players are going to play for him. But being a player's coach is not going to take you that far. Um, I think they'll definitely be a playoff team because the NFC is so weak. But I don't know. I think Green Bay is somehow going to, once again, just kind of bullshit their way to the top. <laughs> you never know. Division. You never know. And I will say when it comes to, like, I mean, I could tell the players love playing for Dan Campbell. I mean, yeah. at one point, the thing is, though, I like Dan Campbell. I love his. I love how he looks like the dude in the Big Lebowski. I love the kneecaps line that's one of my favorite quotes of all time i think this team that the, the detroit's good like i i think the talent that they have around the lions is good i'm not a big golf guy i will say this too about detroit though is is at one point last year you know detroit was because they were they were there was there were rumors he could have been fired because he started they started the year one and six. Oh yeah H- hence why i said that like they were very cold hot and cold like they started one and six and finished the year nine and eight yeah, it's a huge turnaround. Yeah, and that's, but that may not work for some teams. I mean, Brian Flores had the same thing when he was coach for Miami, and then he got fired. Yeah, yeah exactly. Having that turnaround, so it just depends on the situation and the team around you. So yeah, Detroit. I mean, I would not be surprised if they win, but because they have not been there, it's just more of like prove it to me. Prove it yeah. to me you can beat the demons of the NFC North and conquer the Packers, and do that. Then I'm definitely going to pick them for next year. But I think this year, I think the safe pick is definitely the Packers. I think the Vikings won way too many close games. I think this might be Kirk Cousins' last year in a Vikings uniform. Um, they might implode. I mean, they might implode so hard. They might be fighting with the Bears for last place in that division. Ooh, so, really? Add that to most of the hot takes. I don't believe in the Vikings at all. I think they've been fraud since last year. <laughs> I think the Vikings, um, they lost Alvin Cook. They have to depend on Kirk Cousins. They have a coach that um, is – just make some baffling calls uh, throughout some of these games, even though they have won these close games. I, I don't think that's sustainable. So, yeah, I think Chicago, I, Chicago, even though they're not going to be a great team, they might somehow escape last place in that division. So watch out, guys. Chicago might not be last place. That might be a take I'm going to ride with or we look silly. With we later. shall see. <laughs> and now with the beast that is the NFC East. Poor Washington can't get a break. Oh. <laughs> They're, they're going to be a decent team. they got the defense to sustain themselves, but they're barely going to be scratching 500. And um, I think they'll be lucky to win more than two games in division, honestly. So mm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know, man. Like, the Eagles, Super Bowl hangover is a thing. Yeah. I think the Cowboys are going to win this division. As really? much as I hate really? the overhyped, 
I think the Dallas Cowboys somehow, some way, they're gonna finally win that division and then lose pathetically in the divisional round. Because <laughs> that's some, what they do. Somewhere, somewhere, Skip Bayless is is cursing at his monitor just from hearing that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a uh, <laughs> I'm gonna make an enemy of both him and uh, Stephen A. Smith. But whatever. <laughs> well, Stephen A. is gonna be happy about the uh, Cowboys losing divisional. Don't be. Don't be disrespectful. I, I, I can't believe what you hear now. Don't be disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Eagles, um, they're still very talented. Jalen Hurts is going to light it up. I just think the Cowboys are going to win. They're going to find a way to win and barely okay. squeak out the division. So I think they have the most talent. Talent's going to take you everywhere in the NFL. Oh, for sure. Um, and yeah, so we'll see. So I think I think um, as far as full playoff picture for the NFC, um, I think – the NFC East are going to have three teams again, make the playoff, make the dance. I think people are going to be slipping on the Giants again. And the other team is going to come from the NFC North. I think the Lions are going to be that second wildcard team, and everyone else is going to be fighting with them for that final spot. Um, so that's my that's my picture. So just my three wildcard teams are going to be Cowboys, Giants, Lions, and then the winners are going to be uh, Cowboys. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I said Cowboys are going to win. Eagles. Eagles. Um, I'm sorry, I'm confusing myself. Eagles are my wild card team. Cowboys are my division winners. Then Packers, then Saints, and then 49ers. Phew. Okay, what are you thinking for the AFC, my friend? Oh, the AFC. Oh, boy. I'm going to leave the AFC for last. <laughs> We're going to start with the West over here. I think until proven otherwise, it's going to be a lock for the the Chiefs to win it for, like, what, the seventh year in a row? Eight year in a row? I, I, I don't know at this point. Insanely dominant. Insanely dominant. Yeah, like they're they're gonna win that division. There's oh, yeah. no question about it. Oh yeah, well, right. The Broncos. Here's gonna be my hot take from this division. I think the Chargers are gonna miss the playoffs. Whoa! They have no shot of doing anything as long as one Brandon Staley is their head coach. That man's just awful. He cannot coach to save his life. He will find a way to make the Chargers lose close games, and in 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 a race as tight as the AFC. If you go ten and seven, it's probably not going to be enough. I think they go ten and seven, miss the playoffs. I I I, I do not have any faith in Staley, and he will be fired at the end of the season. I'm amazed Bacon. he didn't get fired at the end of the 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 the, the terrible loss in the playoffs. I, I'm amazed he didn't get fired for that because he should have been. Some might argue that blowing that insane lead that you that that's a reason to be fired right there. Oh yeah. And that's why I just can't believe in them. Like, I'm just going to call them frauds. I think the Chargers, they're just, they're, they're only relevant because of their quarterback. Justin <laughs> Herbert. Yeah, Mr. Herbert. Uh, yeah, you, you deserve a better head coach, man. Like, I hope they figure it out next offseason. Raiders are, gonna, are not going to be good at all. Um, they're going to be last in that division. The Broncos might end up with the same record as the Chargers and also will miss the playoffs. I think they're going to be better this year, oh, but... Yeah. Um, new system, new coach. Um, Russell Wilson cannot be as bad as he was last year. Right. I, 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 I refuse ride. to believe it. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. I think. Please. I, I will, please have that as a sound effect. Please. We got to get that. <laughs> I, I will say, you know, I think, you know, you get a guy like Sean Payton. You get a guy like Sean Payton, the guy who coached Drew Brees, made Drew Brees real, look really darn good because you Drew Brees. Coming off with the Chargers because they're a good quarterback, but just got hurt, made him yep. into what he is right, what he is after his retirement. So I think, I think, I think it'll be an up year 
for Russell Wilson. I'd like to think that if he if he has a rough start again and he's on TV talking about the dangerous ways to danger witch and he's eating a subway sandwich with the wrapper on, he's like talking like I call this one the blindfold. It's like you just you gotta hang it up, man. I think if he has a rough year, it's gonna be rough because they've they have signed that man for so much money and they gave up so much draft capital just to get him. And you know what I'm gonna predict? I think because the Broncos are gonna play spoilers this season. Yeah. We're gonna have the Chargers in the mix of the playoff mix. So you have wild card, and then week 17 happens. They have the the Broncos have the Chargers at home, and they're gonna crush hopes as they eliminate the Chargers that week. Oh, big takes! That's good, guys. Dude, let's take. go! Let's freaking go, everybody! <laughs> I just can't wait. Oh, oh I could tell. Right. What about the rest of the AFC? What you got? All right, so the South, the South, easy. Uh, Jaguars division to lose until oh, yeah. proven otherwise. All three, all other three teams, they have major holes to address. Texas and Colts will be fighting for the bottom again. Tennessee, they'll be lucky to have seven or eight wins. I think this year. I think uh, they're falling off a cliff. They're old. Good coaching can only take you so far if you don't have the talent around you. So, we'll see. Yeah. Um, quick division, AFC North. Mm. Oh boy, <laughs> the pressure here. Um, second hot take. Yeah. Um, I think the Ravens are missing the playoffs. I think they will miss the playoffs this year. Whoa, not not a not a big fan of the Ravens this year. No, I don't think so. I think um, I think all the drama last year trying to get Lamar Jackson to sign again. I think their uh, their offensive scheme um is prone to be um just <sighs> they're prone to be figured out. Like they always start yeah. off pretty hot, but then they they just flame out the rest of the year. And in a tough AFC, in a stacked AFC, I don't think you can do that. I think the Ravens, just like the Chargers, somehow go 10-7 and seven and miss the playoffs. Intriguing, um, intriguing. They're in a tough division. They're in a very tough division. Um, although, yeah, the Browns. Browns, 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 Browns. They're, they're sort of like the Seahawks from the NFC. Like, they'll sneak up on people and surprise them. But I, I don't know. Like, it's really hard for me to buy into them. Um, and see him finish up last in this division. They still have the running game. They still have the defense. They have talent. It's just, can the coaching stop getting in their way? Can, they, can Deshaun Watson have an ounce of what he had before arriving here? I doubt it, but, you know, we'll see. Um, the Bengals are definitely my pick to win, but, you know, I believe in the Stillers. I think the Stillers somehow are going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a surprising playoff team this year. Um, as a seven seed, um, strictly based on defense and strictly because I think since no one really believes in them and they have great coaching, they could rise up and claim that seven seed for, with like an 11 and six record. Like somehow, I don't know how they're going to do it, or maybe they're 10 and seven again and have all these tiebreakers, but they're going to be my pick for another wildcard team coming from this division. So, yeah, I'm believing, I'm believing in the Steelers for now. <laughs> So what to say? What to say is Stellar's got to Super Bowl. Stellar's yeah. got to Super Bowl. <laughs> you hear me, Princess? The Stellar's are gonna go to fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> I can imagine like every 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 injure in Pittsburgh will be donning their Iron Iron City beer. This is Beth Love, of course. My family in Pittsburgh. They'll be sitting yeah. there like my favorite part of the game was when they gave the ball to Najee and when Kenny Pickett threw the football. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, uh, 
I don't know. Just something about the Steelers. Like they they somehow won nine games last year with all the turnaround. Yeah. I think that's their floor. Like I think their floor is nine games and their ceiling's like eleven games. I think eleven games does get you into the playoffs in the AFC. So if they can get eleven games won, they're gonna do it. They're gonna snake their way in. <laughs> you know what's a wild thing about Pittsburgh? And I saw this pop up on my on my on my uh, on my on my social media page. Uh the Steelers have not had a top five pick since the since ninth the nineteen seventies. Wow. If and that was Terry Bradshaw. Because Big Ben was the eleventh overall pick, just to give an yeah. idea. So like I was I found that and I was like, that is insane to think about. It is insane. Like, it yeah. is. So that's that's the mark of a healthy franchise. Okay. But so beyond that AFC East. What do you got? The AFC East. I think easy prediction. I think the Patriots will be last in that division. Ooh. Although it's going to be a tough. They're going to be the. They're going to be the best last place team, in a division. Best. They're, they're last de- place team, you say? Huh? The best last place team. Yeah, I mean, look huh. at the division. They'll be. They'll be better than the Browns. Way better than the Texans or Colts. Better than the Raiders. Better than the Commanders. Better than the Bears. I'd say better than the Panthers, and definitely better than the Cardinals. So yeah, I think it's safe to say the Patriots are going to be the best worst team of their division but that's because the rest of the division is stacked mm. um and yeah i know there's i know for the jets it's easy for the jets to to just keep downing on them but i don't know man they're scary like their defense i've seen them play enough when healthy their defense can make heads turn they got a good running game they got a competent quarterback that's a huge upgrade over sam wilson so i mean the jets <laughs> They're 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 probably they're probably gonna win eleven games this year. I think they'll they'll somehow find a way, um, especially with their third place schedule, to win all those games and maybe win three or four games in division. So we'll see with the Jets. Um, as much as it pains me because I hate them as well as with the the Patriots. Um, they're 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 a team to be feared. Um, yeah. I think uh, they got the coach. They got everything they need in place. They're definitely in a win now situation. Big and big the win. the. The only thing that's going to stop him is defense. But now, yes, Fins or Fins or Bills. Saying right now, I think if the Fins stay healthy and they do all that I said, yeah. which is not asking too much, I think is very reasonable. They're winning AFC East, baby. Let's go. They are winning. They are winning the AFC East. Big predictions. They're going to win twelve games this year if the if everything falls down. Yeah, if. I think 12 games in this tough division is going to win them the second seed in the AFC and the AFC's crown. But that means at the expense of the Bills. Why don't I believe in the Bills, you might ask? Well, just look at the the playoffs. They just don't have the talent depth. Like, once you get past their starters, if they get any ounce of hurt, where's their depth? Where's their running game? Where's their passing defense? They don't have it. Um, They haven't made a lot of upgrades this season as well, this offseason. So I think they are primed for a bit of disappointment and they're at the end of their championship window. So they'll, they'll definitely be, they'll probably be a five seed in the playoff race. Absolutely. But I think the bills are somehow going to win some, going to lose some, lose some key games down the stretch, especially Connor right now. I think week 18 bills in Miami will be for the division crown. Absolutely. will be like, I can see like a 12 win Buffalo team come to town an 11 win Miami team right there. They'll have all the tiebreakers right there. That's going to be, I hope that's the case. So it'll be like a prime time, early playoff look between those two teams. I wish I was going to that game, but I will be going to the Jets game when they come to town in December instead. So that should be a fun game too. Hey, there you go. So those are, ladies and gentlemen, our playoff predictions. Let us know 
what you think we could be very wrong in a couple of weeks or we could be very right we might have to change our middle names to nostra freaking damas but that will wrap it up uh zeus any final thoughts uh go nets go fins football's back baby Football is back, and that will conclude this first edition of the Furries and Football Podcast. For my partner, Mr. Zeus Pegasus, I am Matty Jones. We'll see you next time and on the Gridiron.